Welcome to She Inspires Me. I'm your host, Caroline Bruni, founder of She Inspires Me and Organise Curate Design. Launched as a Facebook passion project back in 2017, She Inspires Me has been reborn to highlight the incredible women we all encounter in our everyday lives and how we can take inspiration from them. Thanks to our key sponsor, Organise Curate Design, I welcome you to listen and get inspired as we showcase these incredible women. Welcome to another episode of She Inspires Me. I am incredibly excited. Um, I've actually just had a pre-chat. I always have a pre-chat with our guests beforehand and I have just been chatting to Shavita Kotak. Now, Shavita, welcome. I'm so, so excited to dive in deep with you today and just feel like we're sitting on a couch having a chat with a new friend. Oh, it just feels exactly like that. I'm sitting on the couch with my pyjamas on, of course, because it's COVID. (laughs) And it's 11, just past 11 in the morning. So how good is that? I mean, I've I've activated sloth mode so many times. It's what I call it. I call it activating sloth mode because it's the slowest mode I could be in. Um, I know. So let me introduce you to our guests, or to our listeners, um, and I'm just going to read a little bit of your bio. I always giggle before I read people's bios because they always sound so formal and fancy, but they're true and they're great. So let me dive in. Um, yep. From a successful financial planner to renowned health and wellbeing coach, Shavita Kotak is living proof of how investing in your physical and emotional wellbeing can lead you to a life of riches beyond your imagination. After escaping the clutches of corporate life in 2003, Shavita embarked on a six-month journey to India to undertake yoga training course that would stretch and challenge not only her body but her entire belief system. Discovering that health sorry, discovering that investing in health held to the key to a life of unlimited possibility, freedom and inner happiness, Shavita returned to Australia, investing in her knowledge and passion for living richly into others. Now, excuse my sniffle. I do have a running nose, the joy of audio. Um, From corporate executives and business owners to multitasking mums and children, her special blend of health and wellbeing practice is inspiring, sustainable and ultimately life-changing. In March 2020, when COVID-19 lockdown was enforced in Australia, Shavita knew she had to do something for her local yoga students. She decided to put together live free yoga classes via Facebook. She started with 10 students and within weeks, she had nearly 3,000 global students tuning into her weekly classes. Wellness coach, personal trainer, Pilates and yoga instructor, whole food practitioner, mother and corporate escapee, Shavita embodies what it's like to live life to the full. Now, there's so many things that I want to ask you already, and I know I've already got some questions written for you, but wow. (laughs) Ask away. I go, wow, when I hear that myself. I know. Isn't that so great when you hear someone read your bio and often we've you know for anyone in the world that has ever had to write a bio or had someone write one for them I know when people read my bio I google I'm like who who are they talking about (laughs) but 
what a transformational journey that you've had. And I love the fact that you talk about escaping the corporate life. Um, so when you hear that, it's really bite, like that was bite-sized me sniffling and kind of coughing through it. Uh, my apologies. But um, do you feel that there's kind of a key moment in that when you hear that kind of bite-sized version of your journey, hmm. is there something that you hear that you think, yeah, that's the thing that's getting me through 2020 right now? You know what's getting me through 2020 is when I went and changed my life back in 2003 because now anything can happen in my external life. I have the tools to deal with it. So talk us through that. So 2003, you're in corporate finance. I was in corporate finance doing what everybody told me to do, my family, my society, get a good job, earn good money, climb the corporate ladder, buy a house, you know, make money, money, money. Yep. Fast-paced work, really hard. You know, it's really about working hard. That's the main thing. And I was working hard and I was climbing up this corporate ladder and everything was fine. And then suddenly I started getting sick and unwell. My life was out of balance mm. because obviously when you're sick, something out of your life external is out of balance because otherwise you wouldn't be sick if you're living in balance, generally speaking. Yes. And then I just saw people that were in financial planning in my industry, in the banking and finance world, there for 20, 30 years, just waiting to retire. And I thought, I don't want to do that. I don't want to just wait to retire. Yeah. I need to get away from this and learn how to live my life happy, physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. And my parents thought I went mad when I told them I'm leaving my job with a one-way ticket to India. I had no idea so if I was going to come. Having a men, like a like a midlife crisis or a mental breakdown or all of the things that they just said, uh, "You've gone mad. <laughs> Why would you want to leave your job? Why would you want to leave when you're getting to the peak of your career? Why?" And I said, "Because what I'm seeing doesn't equal happiness." Yeah. And in financial planning, I saw a lot of people with a lot of money, but they weren't happy. Yeah, right. So why am I chasing this? So then that learning of, one, just letting go, letting go of the expectation that what you, the path you were on, the path that everyone is on at some point. Like I don't often meet people even that sit in your mindset that haven't had that aha moment at some point, be it whatever path they were on, um, be it corporate or or whatever else. Um, so what is it that you take today and you say, yeah, 2003, I kind of picked up, moved, just took a risk because I knew that it wasn't right. Is there something that, though we're in a global crisis and we don't have choice, or we don't have a lot of choice in the sense that COVID hasn't given us a choice. Um, we don't mm. get to choose if it exists or not. Um, is there something from that learning specifically from 2003 that you put in today or put in back in March? I think we're all here on this planet to live our journeys and that journey when I started it in 2003 was very scary because I'm letting go of all my securities, mm. my financial six-figure salary, my home, one-way ticket to somewhere, 
right? Didn't know where. I planted the seed then of living a different life authentically to how what I believe in for me. And I didn't even know what I believed in at the time. Mm. And as those years passed, without that seed got watered and watered and slowly it started growing. And I think in COVID time was the time when I truly had to step up with all the knowledge I have learned over the years to share with my community. And that's fantastic in itself, the fact that you not only have you taken those lessons, but you have shared them because that's what life is all about. That's why I had to share them. And there was the insecurities attached to that as well and vulnerabilities. Mm. I'm going live. I am not a tech savvy person going live, teaching my art craft in front of people. I don't even know. I don't even know who's watching. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And going live means any mistake can happen. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I will, I'm putting myself out there as a vulnerable soul. Mm. And I'm sharing with other vulnerable souls that want to be, want to share and be connected in some way when yeah. we were so disconnected. Yeah, very much so. In the beginning, first lockdown was a shock. Yeah, because we'd never done anything of that nature before. No, and the shock of what hit me was when I was going to the supermarket. In my bubble of my comfy home, everything was fine. I went to the supermarket, see empty shelves, and mm. I get to the checkout, and somebody, the checkout lady goes, no, sorry, you can only have one dozen eggs. Mm. I've never experienced restrictions on food before. Yeah, yeah. And that made me feel very vulnerable. With all the tools I've been practicing, mm. If I'm feeling vulnerable, how is everybody else feeling? Yeah, and that's so true. Sometimes we know we have certain tools that we are really, really good at. And then you think, yeah, wow, if I'm good at this stuff, like I'm good at the resilience piece, I know that I've lived through a lot, and but I know there's people out there that are not, and it's pretty scary. So, And I was scared too, and it's like I've got to step up. This is my time. Just do it. Don't think. Don't think of perfection. Don't think of everything having to be beautiful and perfect and scripted. Just step on the mat and teach. I love. And that's it. what I did. I love it. Now, there's something on your website that, to be honest, when I first read it, and I have written it down, and I've actually put it on my desk because I think it's an easy. It's something that you can translate to so many elements of your life. But quoting your website, you say old habits are hard to shake when your motivations aren't true. As I said, I had a real aha moment when I read that, especially when it comes to your personal story and previous motivations around health and fitness. Um, I, I think a lot of women have, or a lot of people, but definitely women fall into the trap of Oh, I need to do this thing to fit into that dress or I need to do this thing because mm. I have, don't get me wrong, there's a, there's a range of society pressures. But even as women, we want to feel comfortable in our bodies and in our skin. And, and sometimes we, we follow a motivation, as you said, that isn't true. How do you support your community to shift their mindset around that motivation piece? I think I just share with them what happened to me because that's all I can speak from mm. my motivations in 97 I came backpacking to Australia I had all the cakes like Australia's got beautiful cakes yeah Ackland Street like I would have them for breakfast lunch and dinner I had no idea that I was important weight doing that 
<laughs> right? Because I've never put on weight before that because I had healthy foods made at home by my mum. Yeah. I left home, travelled the world. Oh, it was like I was in a candy shop 24 hours a day for breakfast, lunch and dinner, which I was never allowed to do. And I put on all this weight and all of a sudden I can't go back to London. My jeans couldn't even get up my thighs. So it wasn't about being healthy. It was about looking a certain way mm. to fit into my clothes. I'm from London. Everything's very quite external there, looking mm. good and all the rest of it. But the weight, you know, I get to a certain point and then my habits of the cakes and stuff came back in. And the cakes, it's not the cakes, it's the ingredients, the sugar, it's the artificial chemicals and processed stuff that I'm eating. Mm. So it was affecting my brain as well. Yeah. So instead of it just being something clicked, instead of it just being a size of a certain way I wanted to look, it's about how I want to feel. Mm. Yeah. Regularly. I know of course sometimes you have cake and drink a few more wines than normal. But my regular way of being, I wanted to feel good in myself mm. physically. So I could do the things I wanted to do in my life, have the energy have the flexibility, have a pain-free body. And I think it really kicked in for me. I mean, I always was very into fitness and health, but it really kicked into me when I went to India and I made that decision to leave as to why I'm doing this. It's because it helps me mentally be the person I want to be. Yeah. And isn't that the truest form of motivation? When you know that yeah. your actions are working you towards being the best version of yourself and and there's a holistic approach to that entire decision. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what size you are because mm. in yoga, it's not about what size you are. It's how you feel within. Mm. Yeah? And you can get the, the slimmest, trimmest, beautiful person come into the class, but they can't do something that a size 20 person can do because they've been practicing yoga. So it doesn't matter what size you are. It's how you feel from within yeah. and what your body is. Is it serving you to do what you need to do in your life? Yeah, definitely. And and I think the mindset piece is a really big part of that as well because you can, as you said, you can physically have the body to do the thing you think you want to do, but if you don't have the mindset and the right motivation, it doesn't matter. And if you're not happy, mm. if you're not happy. And I think now it's even worse that, um, now because we've got social media and we've got all these filters filtering out everything and making a perf perfect person for Instagram, but that's not the real person. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many times I've seen people on Instagram and then I see them in real. It's like, oh, they're very different. <laughs> Who's that? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And makeup and everything. So you, I can see somebody with makeup looking completely different than what they would do without makeup, with all this contouring and all this other stuff that's available now, fake eyelashes, fake everything. Mm. And don't get me wrong, like all of that stuff is, is pretty and it's, it serves you. Yeah, it can if, serve if that's what you want. As, if that you, is the solution, then, then the motivation is. Yeah, if that makes you happy, fine, but that can't, that's not the essence of your happiness, is your yeah. external, the visual. No, true. It's your internal happiness, and then all of a sudden you will become happy if you're happy within. So that change piece so we talk about the motivation to um the motivation behind the decisions that you're making and and whatever else um 
But I know you also talk very openly about change. You've already shared with us so much in regards to the changes that you made, as you said, when you first moved to Australia and you discovered the cakes on Ackland Street and then the changes (laughs) of um, 2003 when you left corporate. Uh, How would you describe the changes for you in 2020 personally? Have you found that though the core fundamentals of everything you've worked towards on your journey to today have gotten you where you are today. Is there anything that you've personally changed? Everything. My whole mindset's again, reshifted again. Mm. Because these things happen in your life. We get comfortable. I think I was very comfortable. And suddenly something happened to wake me up again, and that was COVID. So I think um, I'm, I'm quite a perfectionist in my own way. And I had to let go of that, obviously, when I was doing the live classes because you can't do live. You have to pre-record if you want to be perfect. perfect. Yeah, and pre-recording takes too long. Mm. And I just needed to go live because that's when I'm in the flow of my craft. Um, I've let go of planning. And I'm a financial planner. I love planning. Um, that's gone because you can't plan. Yeah. Um, um, I've let go of um, expectations as well because I, what I thought of my life to be this year is not what it's going to be and is mm. because of COVID. Yeah. Like I turned 50 this year and I was going to have a big hoo-ha, you know, travel, take the kids six months away. We were going to do Europe. It's all out the window. <laughs> and I'm glad because it's made me look at my life again and reevaluate my life mm. as to what do I want to do in the next 20 to 30 years I've got left on this planet. Yeah. Yeah. How am I going to spend my time? Mm. Who do I choose to want to spend my time with? And mm. what do I choose to do with the time I have left? Yeah. Because when you get to 50, there's limited time. It's true. It's, it's well, there's limited time every day. We wake up and the only thing that we're, you know, guaranteed of, or the, the thing that we're actually not guaranteed of is that we're going to wake up the next day. So. And I don't think, I think when I was 40, 30, 40, I still felt as if there was still, forever. Yeah, it's still a bit further And away. then suddenly I turned 50. It's like, oh, I really thought 50 was really old when I was 30. <laughs> now it's like, now I'm here. It's like, oh my gosh, this is it. Old. It's not old at all. It's, it's not old. Of course it's not old, but this is it. And before, I must tell you, I went to the hairdressers. This was before COVID, before I was turning 50. I think it was in December. We were at the hairdressers all chat, chatting away. And the lady says, she already turned 50. She goes, Which, what was your best decade in your life? And somebody was saying their 20s or 30s or 40s. And then they go, what about you? And I said, my best is yet to come. And I really believe it. Yeah. And isn't that the beauty of knowing that when we know better, we do better, we constantly challenge ourselves, we seek out more opportunities and interesting things. And I think as you get older, I think you're in more peace with yourself. Oh, yeah. And I, I feel like I'm, we were laughing before we started recording about, you know, 
the the way that we physically look versus the age that we are. And I'm in my late thirties and I often get the, Oh, you look so young and whatever else. And I said, it wouldn't matter if I was having this conversation with you in my early twenties, I've always been an old soul. Um, and I've always been really conscious of that. I want every day to not be wasted and I want to make the most of what I have. So yeah, it's really beautiful. I think it is. I think it is. And, and as you evolve as a person, you learn and um, you can make the changes that you need to make and hopefully know the difference of what you need to change and what you don't. Definitely. So how do you bring those changes and those rituals into your day-to-day life with your family? So do you have, you've got two children? I've got two children. I have an eight-year-old and an 11-year-old. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Well, I always meditate in the morning. I meditate often. Five days a week, I have a ritual where I meditate. I allow myself two days where something happens and you just can't fit it in. Mm -hmm. Um, But my kids have seen me doing that their whole life. They've seen me teaching class. My first baby, when I had her, I taught in and she was in my baby Bjorg while I was teaching. Oh, wow. So she's always been around it and so is my second child. Mm. So hopefully those seeds... I think you plant them by how you behave, they watch. Yeah. So whether I'm teaching them or not, they're automatically watching. Yeah. And then they're in remote learning right now because you're in Victoria. So uh, we're we're recording during stage four. uh, Yeah. Gone out and back in and out and back in. And it's been a bit, I've described it to a few people like the cha-cha couple of steps yep. forward, a couple of steps backwards we're dancing we're making it up as we go along uh so do you find that do the kids get involved do they do they do yoga with you or whilst you're do they have their yes, some, the sometimes they do well what i do i do my yoga i do one pra- i do a practice for me mm-hmm. and then they go and practice themselves they put something on and they go and move or whatever they're doing so and then sometimes i share with their classes so they might say okay i'm going to do a class for you know kids class for them so they all jump online and they join in husband joins in too sometimes he pops in on a thursday when i'm teaching a live class so bring a hubby day so we all get involved (laughs) i love it bring a hubby day oh my goodness so i'm going to bring you back take you back to 2017 um Mm -hmm. You had the opportunity to work with the Essendon Football Club. So it's funny, when I read that, I was like, what? (laughs) It kind of threw me because we'd been, the journey um, up until that point, I was like, oh, this is all making sense. And then this piece dropped into the puzzle and I went, oh, that's interesting. So how did that opportunity come up and and what what was that experience like? Oh, that was a lovely experience. I've taught there a couple of times. The Essendon football team has this program called Embracing India. So a, a group of their boys, the players, went to India to try to promote um, AFL in India with the kids mm-hmm. to get them playing because their national sport in India is cricket. Yes. So they wanted to embrace AFL and take some players there. So Kevin Sheeney went to India and got some local boys involved in playing football, AFL, and they even brought some of those boys back to Australia 
-hmm. And there's a big Indian community community in Melbourne and they wanted to incorporate and introduce them to the AFL. Yeah. So that's how it came about. And August was the month that they were doing an embracing India month and they introduced yoga for the players. So we had a session where all the players were partaking in yoga, which was really good. So I can imagine it's very different. Well, maybe it's not different. It's an assumption of mine that it's different working with men from a yoga and wellness perspective as opposed to women. Do you find do you find that men are a bit like, oh, yoga's a bit... Like, I know that there are a lot of male yogis out there, um, but I know when changing. I... Yeah, it's changing. Yeah, I think when I first started yoga back in 2003, it was very much female-dominated. Mm-hmm. Um, but now there's more men involved in it because of the, uh, the mindfulness side of things. People are more aware of their emotions. Uh, we as a community are more aware that... You know, men suffer from mental health problems too. Yeah. And yoga and meditation also helps them have a tool to deal with life. So, like, um, even if you even if you're an athlete into sports, you still need to stretch your body out. Mm. Yeah. If you're yeah. a runner, you still need to stretch those hamstrings, those tight muscles. Otherwise, you'll get injuries. So, I think a lot of men might come into that is into yoga for flexibility. Yeah. And they realize the actual benefits of yeah. feeling. You know, like I get men coming in, they can't tie their shoelaces unless they put a, their foot on a chair. Mm. When mm. they're able to tie their, tie their shoelace without a chair and just bend down and tie their shoelaces, that's an accomplishment. That's so true. We, we underestimate those things that some people can just do really naturally from a movement point of view, but it's until it's taken away or until you realise that you can't do something that you go, oh, wow. And it just takes yeah. time. And, and in life, um, there's four areas of our bodies that decline as we get older. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's our cardiovascular ability, our strength, our flexibility and balance. And we need all those things to have a functioning body. Mm. We need our cardiovascular ability to be able to move around, do the things we need to do. We need strength to pick up our shopping. I'm just using mm. everyday examples or for our luggage on a plane if we ever get back on them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we need um, flexibility, again, to tie your shoelaces, to move around freely. Mm. And we need balance. So if we fall, we're able to bounce back. Mm. Yeah, so we can walk yeah. straight. We've got balance there. If we're in an awkward situation, we don't, don't just fall. And if we yeah. do fall, we've got the flexibility of bouncing back without having a stiff body that can break. It's interesting, as you describe those four things, I feel that those four, so you said heart, from my perspective, I'm hearing heart, I'm hearing strength, I'm hearing flexibility, and I'm hearing balance. And if I pick those four things up and I put them in context to emotional and mental strengths or or, uh, capabilities, those transfer very easily into the things yep. that you actually need from a mental and emotional perspective as well. Yep. As you describe, you know, an open heart, the strength to get through those tough days, the, the yep. flexibility to know that sometimes you've just got to, you've got to change your mind and you've got to be okay with not being perfect. And, and then the balance piece where sometimes if you're tipping too far over one way, you need to be able to self-regulate. That is 
so spot on good on you because our bodies we have an emotional body mm. our brain our bodies all connected yeah. when we have pain there's a there's actually a, a louise hay talks about your emotional body yeah. like our hips are our grounding area of our body so when our hips feel sore and tight we, we feel unstable mm. if we've got backache and it's in our lower back it's usually to do with your past yeah if you've got knee pain <clears throat> in the front of our knees it's usually something to do with your fear of the future mm. so our bodies are talking to us all the time yeah right and when we meditate and when we do yoga we're listening to the whispers of our body and if we listen hard enough it will tell us what we need in our life and what happens when we we, we don't listen first of all our bodies will little tap on your shoulder we might get a little cold a little sniffle then a little you know the tap gets a bit bit harder like a bit of a slap we might get a cold maybe we have to stay in bed a couple of days mm. then we might get a little you know a punch in the stomach where we might have to go to hospital for something yeah until we get broken down so our bodies are telling us you need to rest yep. before this happens mm. pay attention yeah pay attention and we lose that in our busyness of life yeah and i find that interesting even in the days that we're in in COVID. so we've all I mean, a lot of us have lost our daily commute we don't have a daily commute at the moment we we may have a few extra zoom meetings than we may have had in the past or or these kind of structured meetings as opposed to just getting on with our day jobs or whatever so there are a few things that we've introduced and a few things that have definitely removed but time is is something we'll have more than ever um and i think it's really highlighted to people i've spoken to a lot of people that realize that the thing that they wanted to do or had said they didn't have time for or I don't have time to stretch and I don't have time to you know do some self-care practices or I don't have time it's like oh, I think you do you definitely do now um but I think we we almost circle back to that motivation piece but you know sometimes people are addicted to busyness mm. I know that I've been there before I'm, I'm, I, 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 I touch on that all the time because we're in lockdown, really, I shouldn't be busy, but I'm more busy than ever. <laughs> yeah, because you're just filling, filling the day. And, that's, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, uh, that's what I do for a living. I, I stay busy. I help people get organised. It's what I do in my day job. But I, um, I know the tipping point, and we go back to that piece on balance. I know the tipping point where I filled my day to fill my day. Because I actually have full control of who puts stuff in my calendar because I'm the only one putting stuff in my calendar. So, yeah, yeah it's very, very fascinating. And um, yeah. I think that our listeners will really, when you talk about those four elements, I think the fact that they can translate very easily into our intelligence and our emotional IQ of how we listen to ourselves. And if we can do that... The physical will actually, it's almost the easier part because if you're just paying attention, your body's going to tell you what's going on. So, Yes, it's just finding the time and knowing that there's a connection. Mm. And I think before I left in 2003, I did not have that connection. Yeah, yeah. And, and you then, can lose it anyway. So even if you yeah. have 
sometimes you may have been in a point in your life where you had the connection and then life happens and then you realize you've lost it again and sometimes you do have to stop and pay attention tune in a bit yeah. and um and then and i think it helps to have rituals in place in your daily life yeah you know like rituals that you 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 wake up in the morning and you don't go straight to your phone mm. yeah you give 15 minutes of just quiet time yeah because as soon as we get on the phone, we start responding yeah. and reacting to mm. whatever's coming our way. So that dictates the rest of the day for us mm. if we start it that way. Yeah. And, you know, allocate some time where you sit, whether you meditate or you look out the window or you read a verse or a book or you journal, whatever it may be for you, to actually just acknowledge that moment for your day to think about what you want, your intention. Yeah. Gratitude is really important too. Mm. at the moment with covid i think it's really important to get get outside in fresh air yeah definitely you know you know just to put your coat and another ritual is maybe get out of the pajamas hard <laughs> pajamas are okay a lot of the time i'm going to be okay with that but i agree with you um there are days where i will even though i'm in comfy clothes i make a point to not be in pajamas and i might just put a little bit of makeup on or I might yeah. do my hair and I'm not going anywhere, but it just it's for you. really shifts my mindset. See, I'm wearing a mask. We're all wearing masks yet. Mm. I put lipstick on underneath the mask. Nobody's going to see it. It's yeah. for me. It's for you and you know, and how beautiful is that even when you think about the reward? Because it's not meant to be for anyone else. It's actually no. for you. And then I was putting it on and somebody goes, nobody's going to see your lipstick. I said, it doesn't matter. It's for me. I'm walking out. I like to be a certain way. And I am in my pajamas way more than normal. But I am going to put a little bit of lipstick on, a little bit of lip gloss on, put my mask on and go outside. Yep. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so we know that you've got your online classes and you've started this facebook how many um in the facebook group now since um since march uh we've got three thousand just over three thousand now in the group that's fantastic so that's really nice so i um i share classes with them pre-recorded classes i do challenges we're in a challenge right now a 10-day challenge which started last week mm -hmm. monday which is 10 minutes for 10 days of yoga oh fantastic so move our body yeah, it's achievable. It's very yeah. small, bite-sized bits. So we've got that. So once a month we have a challenge. Mm -hmm. It could be a meditation challenge. It could be a movement challenge. It could be a, a Pilates. This one's a Pilates and yoga challenge. Just to set some sort of rituals in place. And hopefully because people got a bit more time, they might be able to fit in 10 minutes. Definitely. And then I have the longer classes as well, which are the normal 45-minute classes. And are there any other projects that you're dreaming of or...? cooking up for the world Do you know i'm just taking it one day at a time and keep sharing yeah my heart and i don't want to get too caught up with wanting to achieve i just want to make sure i do this authentically as possible yeah i love that and it's and that's the simplicity of it because in that moment of sharing you're probably just creating naturally anyway yeah and i don't want to get too much in my head because i want to keep it real I want to share the pureness I've got to share with the people. Yeah. So our rounding off question is, mm -hmm. uh, who inspires you? 
Uh, is there, it doesn't even have to just be a woman. Is there, is there someone that kind of comes to mind firsthand as? Look, firsthand, I have to say Oprah, of course. Oh, she inspires me so like much. I've watched her, I've grown up with her. Yes. Yeah. Um, and more recently, as I delved into my spiritual journey, Marianne Williamson, have you heard of her? No, I have to look her up. She talks about, she studied the Course of Miracles. She's a spiritual teacher. She's running, she's a politician in, as well in, in America. And she's got such good insights as to how to live your life and mindset and thought process and why things come into our lives and challenge us. And, you know, so I like listening to her too. And does she do... Um like video content or a little bit of everything? Video content, she's written lots of books, The Course of Miracles, uh, Return to Love, okay. which is talking about yourself. Yeah, yeah. Um, heaps of books she's written. Oh, that's I like listening to her in audio when I'm walking as well. Yeah. It's quite nice yeah. listening to something. I, um, I love when I get introduced to someone new because then it gets, it's just to add to the variety of, the people that I can, and that's one of the key purposes of this podcast and I definitely this question is I get to learn, oh, there's someone else I can tune into and, and learn from. Also like, I like um, Elizabeth Gilbert, the one that wrote um, Eat, Pray, Love. Mm. Take that book aside, but she's written some other books as well about creativity and letting yep. your creativity and you come out. Yep. I'm actually currently listening. I'm the same. I like audiobooks and I'm currently listening to Big Magic and it's... I'm yes, just, Big yeah. Magic yeah. is the book. And I think it's I actually not, it's not new. I think she wrote it in 2015, but I've, I've just... Yeah. The right time for me to listen to it and, and I think it's funny how I've seen it. It's passed by me multiple times, but in the last few months I was like, oh, I'll, I'm going to download that one. And, um, yeah, it's it's so... And it's such a attainable way of describing creativity um which and she talks about the zone in creativity it's almost that meditation Mm. yeah and we have this vulnerability of creativity yes yeah and you've got to be open to it you've got to actually give you've got to have the space for it so and it's the same like as i said with projects or ideas or if there's no space, yeah. you build every moment of your day. You don't have space for anything new to come. Exactly, exactly. That's so true. Well, thank you for your time today and for sharing all of that. I think um, for me, I I think I was I may have said to you, you are the first guest on the podcast that I have never spoken to before today. Um, so I've I had called on a lot of my own community I have so many incredible women um that I have met beforehand and whatever else and so I was at first I was like oh I'm a bit nervous because it's always you never really know how conversations are going to flow when you've never spoken to someone before but it is such a pleasure to have spent this time with you to share a very small snippet of your what I would say wow story um because that's what i say every time i read things about you i'm like this is so impressive um but in a real not even in a kind of flashy sort of oh my goodness i couldn't even think of that Uh, it's more just wow there's someone else doing the thing that we're all supposed to do and she just went and did it and it's so cool so 
Um, oh, thank you so much. And thank you for allowing me to share with you. Um, it's been an absolute delight talking to you. Well, we will have all of those details, so your Facebook group and, and how people can get onto your other classes um, and the show notes, um, in our show notes, especially around um, your recommendations and, and who inspires you. Um, but thank you so much for your time today and um, we will connect with you again soon. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Stay safe. Look after yourself. Hi, everyone. Now, I'm just dropping into your ears before we wrap up this episode with an update on Shavita. We recorded the interview that you've just listened to back in August. Now, it's early October, and about six weeks ago, Shavita was asked by a local member of her community to consider running as a candidate for her local council, the Hobson Bay City Council here in Victoria. After discussing this with her husband and children, she decided to put herself forward as a candidate. Now, I'm really excited about this, and this is why I wanted to kind of jump on in before we play our outro uh, so you can, so I could share this news with you because it never ceases to amaze me how incredible the women are that I've had the opportunity to interview so far for the podcast um, and just how incredible women are in general because we're all doing pretty amazing things. Um and I get to have these women as guests on the podcast. So normally I wouldn't touch an episode and we wouldn't kind of jump back in, but I thought this story, this progression that she's had in such a short period of time is such an important um, piece to share with you. So I really wanted to make sure that I kind of gave you guys that update. So I actually spoke to Shavita briefly this week just to kind of get an update on how this has all happened and how she's feeling about things and this is what she's told me. My reasons for stepping up as a member of the community is that I want to see more women in local politics and to be a good role model for my two girls. As a young girl, I was never encouraged to speak up or to be seen. My cultural background was very male-oriented. It has taken a lot of work for me to overcome these inherited beliefs. As a woman, there are limits to our thinking and lives. It's up to us as women to step up when the opportunity arises, not only for ourselves but also for future generations of girls and boys. I couldn't <laughs> tell you how happy I was to have that conversation with Shavita. It really stresses to me the importance of the work that we're all doing. And um, I guess I wanted to make sure that I shared this little extra piece with you because I think we all have the capacity to make change and to do brave things and to step up when we're given the opportunity. And sometimes that stepping up could be something like running for local council. And sometimes it could just simply be having the conversation that's uncomfortable or that's a bit challenging or a bit, or a bit brave. It could be, um, you know, making that phone call, asking for that pay rise, um, applying for that job that you've always wanted, um, starting the podcast, writing the blog, Whatever it is, I think that it's really important to highlight when people pivot and change and do all these incredible things because it, um, I'm a big believer in you can't be what you can't see and seeing other people do amazing things hopefully gives you the courage and encourages you to try yourself. Now, 
I will make sure that we add the Shavita's Facebook page for this campaign to our show notes. So if you are interested to see what she's doing on her journey towards um, the election, then you can definitely check that all out. I definitely encourage you to at least, even, even if you're not in her local area, encourage her, send her a message, let her know that you've listened to the podcast or whatever it is. And of course, if you are loving our podcast, I would really love you to be able to jump on in, um, share it with anyone that you know, and leave us a review because that's how the people in podcast land, um, you know, bump us up a little bit and let other people know about She Inspires Me and the stories that we're sharing. Now, until our next episode, I hope that you have a fantastic day wherever you are listening to this and I can't wait to share more, more with you in next week's episode. Thank you for joining us today and being a part of this incredible community. Remember to hit subscribe and join us in our next episode to be inspired by more exceptional women.